Praise the Lord. How good is it to sing the praises of our God? How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a man. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheats. He sends his command to the earth. His words run swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down hail like pebbles. Who can withstand the icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up these breezes and the water flows. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. This is his word. Amen. Morning, everyone. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we would uh, thank you for this uh, first day of this new year. And we ask, Lord, that as we think about your word, as we hear it, and as we uh, contemplate, you would speak to us, encourage us, challenge us, mould us, shape us, help us, we pray. In all this, keep me from error, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I shouldn't have chose this. Apparently, we all know it by word by word. So uh, I won't be telling you anything you don't know. Uh, that's okay. Psalm 146 to 150 as uh, Joyce always reminds me, is actually a part, the last bit is thought to be in response to what happened when they, the Israelites came back from captivity from their 70-year absence in Babylon. So these are these last uh, psalms here are thought to be in written for that, the celebration. So we had a celebration last night. Did you watch the fireworks? Anyone? There's a couple. It's a celebratory time. They've restored the walls of Jerusalem. The leadership of Nehemiah is leading them to praise God. Verse 2 seems to suggest, you know, there's a, there's a hint there and then uh, there are other hints in this, talking about Jerusalem's gates, etc., etc. This is a crescendo, the last bit of the Psalter, not the pepper, but the Psalter, which is the collection of all the Psalms. This is the crescendo of pure praise in Psalm 147, as you know, fits into that. Three sections in the Psalm. 
that falls into three stanzas, as they say, verses 1 to 6, 7 to 11, and 12 to 20. Verses 1 to 6 is he sustains. Praise the Lord, how good is it to sing praises to our God. How pleasing and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. Seventy long years of exile is over. Seventy long years of waiting, hoping, oppression. It's over. The wait is over. The people of Israel are back in their land. They've rebuilt their city of Jerusalem. Praise be to God. He has been good to them. He's ended their exile. And he did it through the strangest and most unexpected way. 2 Chronicles 36. Chronicles is at the end of the Old Testament in the Hebrew actual scheme of things. And so it's a, when you read 1 and 2 Chronicles, you're actually getting the summary of looking back. And that's why it shouldn't be where it is in the English Bible, but that's just uh, an opinion based on fact. Um, 2 Chronicles is a summary looking back, and it says this in chapter 36, 22. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, that's chapter 29, verse 10, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia. The Lord has appointed me, says Cyrus in verse 23, to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up and may the Lord their God be with them. The Lord has intervened. Jeremiah had spoken of it, chapter 29, verse 10, and there's a couple other ones. Jeremiah had spoken and God had fulfilled his promises. Rejoice. The lamentations of sitting by the rivers of Babylon and having to put up with all those disco music, it's all over. Praise his name, for he has restored us. Rejoice. Verse 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. They were brokenhearted, but now they rejoice. They despaired but now they sing. In all this praise, it does seem a little odd when you read verse 4 and verse 5, where the psalmist interjects. But there's the purpose. This praise of whom God is, is built on what he is like and can do. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. We cannot count his understanding. It is beyond measure. Isaiah 40, which we read, says something similar in verses 21 to 22. Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. God's greatness, his awesomeness is beyond us. We can't imagine 
and can't begin to fathom his wisdom. The psalmist makes this point that this God, our God, is in control and he can do anything. If anything seems impossible, God can do it. He has done it. He has moved the pagan ruler of Babylon to restore them and to help them build after 70 years. I tell you, that is amazing. God can do it. Just because you can do it, of course, doesn't mean you will. But our God, in all his awesomeness, will also be with us. Verse 6, the Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. The Lord sustains. He might be able to count the stars and name them. God's power is all-encompassing. If he can count and if he can name, he also cares. He certainly cares for his oppressed people. His love is unfailing. It's something in 70 years you would have wondered, and they did wonder, where is God? What has he been doing? Does he still show any favour or like us at all? Psalmist declares he heals the brokenhearted. He gathers the outcasts. He has brought them back from captivity in all his greatness, in all his greatness and love. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Praise him. We as people, the psalmist is saying to us, have hope. Hope in his majesty and love, which is uh, his unfailing love, is verses 7 to 11, our second section. You've been called to praise. He's been calling us to praise in verses 7 to 11. Again, you see the themes of God's grace and greatness. But in, from the first stanza, they're reversed, you might notice. God's command and care of his world is declared. And it's the declaration of those people who know him. Sing to the Lord, verse 7, with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle, for the young ravens when they call. God's power is there for all to see. There's a theme, isn't there, poetically in this, because these are poems. This is poetry. Uh, day after the day, the Lord screams of his greatness and his creation. But notice we go from the stars to the stars, to the clouds, to the animals, to the birds, come eventually to his people. The Lord in all his greatness and power loves and cares for all his creation. His unfailing love is upon us. Verse 10, 
His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. These are the things that impress, aren't they? They impress our world. Strength, power, might. Verse 11, the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Fear is a word that always troubles someone here when they read it there. The Lord delights in those who fear him. Surely Jesus said, do not fear, fear not. So why does the Lord delight in those who fear him? Someone said that we fear him because of the greatness of his power, the dazzling purity of his holiness. We hope in his love promised to us in his good news, the gospel. John Piper said, our fear reflects the greatness of his power and our hope reflects the bounty of his grace. Jesus said, do not fear. When he said that, he said, as you look at the world, there's so much going on and it will trouble you. Do not be troubled. Trust in me. Direct your eyes not from what the world can throw at you, but put your hope and fear in me because I will never fail you. God's greatness and his power and the bounty of his grace poured out on us. And he is the God who controls and does all things, verse 17. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. He can withdraw his icy blast. He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. He has revealed his word to Jacob and his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Again, God in all his greatness and sovereignty, his power, he provides for he has spoken and told his people of himself and of his love. We've just remembered Christmas. Do you remember that? It just happened the other day. Does anyone get any presents? They want to, anyway, don't do that. They've, we were celebrating God's unfailing love gift, his unfailing love gift of his saviour, the Lord Jesus, of his son, our saviour. God sending his only son. Jesus came that we might know him. He came that he might save us, became human and lived our life and died a horrible death that he might bring us to himself. He spoke into our world and the world has never been the same again. God's greatness humbled himself to death, even death on a cross. This is the one who calmed storms. This is the one who healed the sick, who made the blind to see. In all his greatness, Jesus asked us not to fear, but to trust. Trust in him. Put your trust in God's unfailing love. The psalmist is declaring this. 
in all his amazingness and wonder, God has come to us and declared his unfailing love. Know it, for he is our God. Our God is a personal God. He's not just the God of the stars and the sky and the moon and the birds and the animals. He's the God of us, our personal God. God in person, Jesus, came to save us. And he delights in his people, which is verses 12 to 20, the third point. He blesses his people in all his power, in all his greatness. Our God blesses his people, verse 12. Extol the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bar of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders, satisfies you with the finest of wheat. He sends his command to the earth and his word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool, scatters the frost like ashes. His grace and control, the psalmist declares, is a wonder. We remember Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, it's 250 years. Must be why I put him in. I was lost, but now I'm found from the, from the book, uh, from the uh, hymn itself. We remember the promises of this psalm and the psalmist wants us to know them and to be sustained by them. God sustains us even in our troubles. Seventy years they waited. He never left them. He never forsook them. He sustained them. God sustains us in his unfailing love. He blesses us, his people. To us, we may have difficulty, pain, trouble, hopelessness. The Lord, the psalmist says, is close. He is with us. He is our God. He sees our difficulties and he is close to those who need him. His unfailing love poured out upon us in the person of Jesus has brought us to himself and he holds us and he loves us. He treasures us and blesses us, his people. He has given us salvation. He has given us his presence. He's given us the power to be sustained in the person of the Lord Jesus. Christ has come this day, we proclaim, transforming, bringing hope, bringing healing. Our God is great. That's actually the title of the sermon, I forgot to say. Our God is great. And chapter 20, verse C, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Father and God, we thank you for some... 147. Thank you that we know it so well. We just pray that we will be reminded of your greatness and power, but of who you are concerned for, how you are personal to us. 
When you feel far away from us, Lord, you are always with us. You have declared to us in Jesus that you will never leave us or forsake us. You are with us and we rejoice in that. The psalmist wants us to focus on your greatness, but also your unfailing love. You've kept your promises and your love is sure. Sustain us, we pray. Bless us, we ask. May we rejoice in the greatness of your salvation in the person of Jesus. Thank you. Fill us with hope, joy, and gratitude for all that you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.